Hey y'all, thanks for tuning in to Coast Range Radio, a radio program of the Coast Range Association. My name is Andrew. Uh, send us an email. We want to hear from our listeners. Ask us some questions. Let us know what you think of the show. You can reach me at andrew at coastrange.org. We want to hear from you. Uh, today, our interviewee is a human rights campaigner and policy advocate who supports nonprofits, coalitions, and communities fighting injustice. Currently, he is a senior policy advisor with Oxfam. Previously, he has held roles with Democracy International and Human Rights Watch. And that being said, uh, he is also the volunteer communications director for the Divest Organ Campaign, which is uh, what we're here talking about today. Uh, a very awesome campaign here. And uh, hey, welcome to Coast Range Radio, Andrew Bogrand. Thank you so much. It's really great to be on the show. Appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, and uh, it's we appreciate that you taking the time to uh, you know help lead this really important campaign. And just to start it all off, you know uh, how what is the uh, all volunteer divest organ campaign? And uh, yeah, what are you all working on? It's a great. It's it's really an exciting moment to be working on this. I think in Oregon, and and we've seen our we've seen both our national and local leaders take climate change up as a, as a as a key issue. But uh, the the divest Oregon campaign is really diverse coalition, uh, different Oregonians representing workers, environmentalists, public sector employees, uh, people of faith, who are all, who are all frankly really worried about climate change and what it means for our future here in Oregon and also the future of our wallets, which I think is a which is a major focus I'd like to talk about a bit today. Uh, and you know the the our asks are pretty straightforward, I think. Uh, we're, we're asking the Oregon Treasury, which invests about 120 billion of, of Oregon's money to end all new fossil fuel investments, to disclose its current fossil fuel holdings, and then phase out all investments in the sector by 2026 on a, on a five-year timeline. We really feel this is a straightforward way for the state to address this climate crisis we're facing and also, crucially, protect PERS and other Oregonians whose pensions are partially invested uh, in the fossil fuel sector. You know, this is, seems to be a, a, a very uh, active and happening uh, movement across the country, the divestment movement from fossil fuels. Um, you know, what got you, uh, you seem to be doing a lot of work on uh, social justice issues, all these different things. What got you passionate about this campaign and why have you joined it? Really, I think what's exciting about this campaign is, is, is first, it's, it's, it's nice because it feels like we're, we're pushing on an open door. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really worried about the climate crisis. I'm worried about what it means for my family. I have an 18-month-old son. I'm worried about what it means for his future. And I think that we can be doing more, both as individuals, but also as a state, to, to, to tackle this issue and, and to be on the forefront of this issue. And what excites me most about the campaign is this is an opportunity for Oregon to do precisely that. It's, it's to take a take to, to kind of take a national, a prominent national role in the divestment movement. Uh, and as you mentioned, it's happening everywhere. We're talking about you know, New York State, Maine. Uh, just recently, Harvard announced it was in divesting its huge in, its huge endowment from fossil fuels. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of exciting opportunities and, and moments right now, and and it's just uh, it's just fun to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, and and uh, we're doing some research uh, and hearing about this uh, campaign. I I was really excited to learn more and to uh, get involved as well. Um, why is divestment such an important tool to challenging fossil fuel companies? What is, what is the, why is this the tactic that you've chosen to dedicate your time to and all these folks have dedicated their time to? I think there's a few, there's a few ways to think about it. I think the most, uh, the, the, the first is that 
we really feel as though the, the climate crisis is not going to be addressed fully and comprehensively in, in, until we leave current fossil fuels in the ground. And by this, I mean, you know, oil, oil, gas, and coal pre pre predominantly. Uh, you know, this needs to, we have to leave these, these uh, car heavy carbon assets in the ground uh, to, to, to stop the, the, the climate chaos, as it were. We know that burning these energy resources, burning non-renewable energy resources is creating the climate crisis. And it's creating hotter summers, it's creating more dangerous fires, and, and everything else we've experienced as Oregonians. So that is, I think, one, one area that we really know is that the, 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 the money going to fossil fuel companies is fueling this climate chaos, for lack of a better term. So, so ending that ending that money is 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 essential, frankly. The other issue, and I think one that the this campaign in particular has has followed closely, is that the sector isn't what it was. You know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, you might have looked at oil and gas and coal and thought, you know, this is a pretty good place to park my money. Today, you know, we, we we've got tech stocks that are individually worth larger than the entire. Uh, oil and gas sector in the United States. So you have to kind of wonder, you know, where where's our money going? Where should it be going? And and are there opportunities to get this so-called energy transition, this transition to a to a to a new energy economy? Are there ways to do it more effectively and more efficiently? And we think that there are, and we think that Oregon can take a really uh, strong approach and and do this the right way. Yeah, you know, and Oregon's known as a a leader in in. I don't know. It's a, known as a green state, a leader in climate action. We just uh, we've got a climate action plan. There's um, legislation to to move uh, Oregon away from fossil fuel uh, in our energy mix. But then, ironically, not maybe not ironically because it's not very funny. But uh, the state is invested in the very industries that we're trying to transition away from. What could exactly. you know? Is the is the Oregon is the uh, is this campaign advocating for reinvestment of these funds in what is that part of the campaign what you know building a green economy renewable energy is that part of what you all are working towards completely it, it absolutely is and i think the one of the most important things is just we just need to know what what the state is invested in where you know we're talking about again 120 billion that's invested and we don't we don't know the precise percentage that's invested in fossil fuel holdings probably somewhere between three and 5%, but we really need to just simply know, and then we can follow the money. And, and, and absolutely, you know, Andrew, that's exactly what we're, we're, we're articulating, I think, and, and, and uh, hopefully others are on board, but it's, it's putting it into, uh, you know, a green economy, into, uh, into the renewable sector, for example, or into, into other energy companies that are trying to make the transition uh, to, uh, to a clean, you know, clean, healthy uh, energy future for all of us. Uh, so I, I, that's absolutely core to our, to our asks and to our, to our campaign focus. And, and I think really crucial to the divestment movement uh, in general. Yeah. And that's something, you know, I think our listeners out in rural Oregon would be interested in what, what can we do to, you know, move the mo this money away from climate fueling fossil fuels sure. and help build up rural economies investing in you know green technologies and that would you know support uh, rural communities build jobs in these these communities i think that's such an important piece um yeah what any thoughts there i think the one of the interesting statistics is that a lot of this we talk about the energy transition and it's in some ways, it sounds inevitable, but in, in, in many other ways, um, it's, it's a really interesting economic opportunity, too. And, I, and, and if you look at 
if you look at the Oregon economy, for example, right now, I think there's about five times, uh, maybe more, but at least five times the number of jobs in the renewable sector as there is in the fossil fuel one. So this, this kind of transition has a lot of economic opportunity and it has a lot of opportunity for, for folks uh, that, are, that are living outside major metropolitan areas. I mean, the state has committed, there's this rural uh, renewable energy development uh, investment scheme. There's opportunities to take advantage of, uh, of, of you know, renewable energy in, in rural areas. And I, and I think that's, that's super exciting. So in, in addition to, in addition to the, the need, the climate imperative to do this, there's a real economic one uh, as well, a real economic boost, I think, that, that, that could benefit a lot of Oregon's rural economies. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, crucially, I think that some I think that some energy companies are serious about reinvesting in workers and upskilling workers for a new economy. And that's that's part of our ask. You know, this too often we've seen you know public money go to oil companies that doesn't go to the workers and it doesn't go to communities in which or where these companies work. It, it goes to pad corporate profits and it goes you know back to Wall Street investors. We'd like to see that money go to workers so that they can train for what's rapidly becoming a new economy. Yeah, that's so important. And and uh, I know part of the argument for maintaining fossil fuel uh, jobs is that, you know, these are quote unquote good jobs, union jobs, you know, there's uh, protections oftentimes. These are older, you know, when unions were more powerful, they've kind of lasted. And I've heard critiques about the renewable energy sector that uh, a lot of those jobs aren't necessarily have those same union uh, protections and stuff. So it's really important that as we do this transition, we advocate for increased workers' rights, workers' protection, livable wages, these types of things during the transition. So it's not not to give uh, renewable energy industry a free pass, but to hold them accountable to the same uh, rights issues, justice issues that we need in in all uh, sectors. Absolutely, and, I, and I've to that point, I've, I've worked with rural communities uh, here at home and, and abroad that have actually been facing challenges from renewable energy companies. You know, if you if you come into a into a community and, and you want to build, a, you know, a, a solar factory or or a solar plant or something like this, you still need the consent from the community. You still need to you know, engage workers, and you still need to you know to go through these the these these processes that are essential to, to workers' rights and and to human rights uh, all over the globe, and and certainly here in Oregon. Uh, so I, I do think it's it's crucial, uh, and 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 part of this effort, I think, part of the divestment movement is. As you suggest, uh, Andrew, to get the to really get the transition right, and by that I mean right by workers, and making sure that, frankly, rural communities, indigenous communities, uh, are are at the table and making the decisions that affect their own their own lives and their own economies uh, and their own kind of livelihoods and future. I think that just because this is happening, uh, we need to make sure that everyone's at the table to to, to benefit. And I and I and I think that's 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 really core to this work and, and core to this campaign. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's something that is uh, commendable to the climate movement is that, you know, thinking outside of the straight, we need to just, you know, address climate, but looking at the intersectionality of uh, justice issues, racism, economic uh, inequalities, all these things are all connected and part of uh, the what is we experience now as a climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, awesome work. I want to also give you a chance to talk about, so a huge amount of what you are asking for this divestment was, was within the PERS uh, 
system. And I want to, you know, give you a chance to talk about PERS and just at least uh, give the campaign's uh, position on um, what's happening with with uh, that investment. Sure. No, it's, a, it's a great question, Andrew. Uh, about 90 billion of the 120 billion or so that the Oregon Treasury manages is in PERS, the public pension. And, you know, this isn't and I've said this. I've said this elsewhere, but this isn't. Uh, this campaign isn't a referendum on PERS. It's. It's about the. It's a. I, I think, frankly, it's about good financial management, about sound financial management. And if this pension is continues to exist as it does, we need to make sure that you know this. This. This pension that 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 PERS maximizes returns for its members. You know, five, ten, fifteen years down the road, and that's where we get into these issues with fossil fuels. You know, we're. We, we, we've always seen fossil fuels as a volatile investment. You know, fossil fuel companies tend to work in really, you know, complex environments where there, where there maybe is, you know, human rights issues or human rights violations, there's labor issues. Sometimes there's even open conflict in some countries where these companies work. So they've always been volatile. And now the question is, uh, are they even going to be, you know, uh, a worthwhile, a sound financial investment? And, and in the long run, and, and I think the answer is pretty clear here. Uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a, who's a financial management consultant, and he was saying, you know, this is akin to looking at the, the whale and harpoon industry in you know, the middle of the 19th century. Would you invest in it? Probably not. And you certainly wouldn't want to be left, you know, kind of holding the harpoon uh, 200 years later. And, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of how we're, we're looking at this now. This is our this is that kind of moment uh, for us and for PERS members in particular, you know, 30 years down the road, I don't think I want to want to be invested in these, in these fossil fuel holdings. Makes a lot of sense. You know, we got the climate imperative. Uh, it's a bad investment. So uh, what's the, what's, how's the state responding to your ask so far? Is the treasury uh, receptive to it? What's, what, where's the campaign at currently? You know, we, we, we've just recently launched, and I think, again, I, I hope that this, you know, we've taken a, a big tent approach, and, and I think that, I think that this, it, it seems to make the most financial sense. And I think that the, the Oregon State Treasury is, from, from their public statement, seems committed to, to addressing and taking a bold approach to climate in their own words. And I think that this is, very much aligned with with what they're trying to do and, and what they're saying publicly and uh, but it really is up to them and, and they and they really need to start with letting folks know where these holdings are and, and where they're invested and then we can as I said we can follow the money and uh, and keep going but again the way that I've seen this campaign unfold and the way that I think it's it's that it, that it's moving forward is is really about public education uh, and you know, government education as much as it is about anything else. And I think that it's a complex subject. Sometimes it's too complex. Maybe it's designed to be too complex by those uh, that that have some 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 way to benefit from continued fossil fuel holdings. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that if Oregonians, including those you know at, at the Treasury, if, if if we kind of understand this issue, uh, the sensible path forward is already there. And and I'm and I'm, and I'm optimistic that. You know that that Oregon's going to going to lead on this, and that that leadership can come from the Treasury. Uh, you know the other the other thing that you know as an Oregonian myself, I can't help but think that we really have a unique opportunity here to lead on climate, and we can lead. You know we we haven't done this kind of you know people think of us, and you mentioned this earlier. People think of Oregon as a uh, kind of an environmental leader, as a green state. Um, 
but you know, we, we, it's time for us to do something splashier. It's time for us to get in front of this. We can, I think we can lead the U.S. on this issue. There are states that are already divesting. We should be out there with them. You know, we should, we, we should be doing this, I think. And it, it could be a great moment for the state uh, and a great, a great you know, one that, that, one that makes economic sense too. And I, and I, think, that, uh, I think the Treasury will respond, uh, will respond positively. Yeah, even with this, you know, the 2020 win clean energy bill that has an ambitious timeline for uh, removing to 100% clean electric- electricity sources, it's just, it's yeah, it, it makes sense. It seems like it's on the, the path of what Oregon is doing. Um, how is this campaign connected to, you know, the, the national and global fossil fuel divestment movement? What's, uh, are they, is it supportive of what Oregon's doing? Yeah, how is that uh you know, moving beyond just Oregon itself, but the the national sure. movement. Sure. No, that's it's another great question. We've we're, we are part of the the Climate Safe Pension Network, which is a U.S. movement looking specifically at at pensions and and how to divest them from the fossil fuel sector. But I, this is you know it's 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 tough to keep up because there's so many divestment campaigns like this. It's 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 really exciting, but it's uh, it also feels like it's happening really fast. Just since we, I think, since we scheduled this interview, uh, I can think of two major institutions, both the MacArthur Foundation and Boston University, that that announced that they were divesting. Uh, and so it feels, it's fun because it feels like it's happening everywhere. And it's and and again, I think that the when it comes back to Oregon, you know, we just need to look around the country, see what's happening, and and make the right make the right. Uh, strategic decision with our wallets. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, so yeah, it is happening everywhere. It's happening fast. And it's, and it's, I think, happening around the globe. I think another, you know, to add to that as well, one, uh, one other moment or one other area that Oregon has led has been on the, on the fossil fuel bailouts. And we've seen in the pandemic that a lot of these companies have taken, uh, fossil fuel companies have taken a lot of public money to stay afloat or to try to stay afloat. And Oregon has pushed back on this. You know, we don't need to be subsidizing the climate chaos. We don't need to be subsidizing corporate profits anymore. And I think that combined with this movement puts Oregon in a great position to lead uh, to lead the country. Nice. And there's a lot of entities within Oregon uh, that are already doing this. What are some of the other, uh, you know, larger government organizations, uh, universities that are uh, already divested divested from fossil fuels? A lot of there's a lot of local leadership on this, which is which is super exciting. We've seen the U of O Foundation down in Eugene take a lead on this. Uh, also, you know, Port, the city of Portland has divested, Multnomah County, uh, and the, the the metro government ha- has divested. So there's been some great some great local steps, uh, and I that have you know again made this campaign feel like we're pushing on open doors. And I and I think it, it, there's there's a lot of models here for uh, the treasury to follow at the state level. And, 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 you know, again, it was a lot to our, to our local leadership who are thinking about this, uh, this issue, I think front and center right now, uh, as our voters. Uh, so it's, it's an important one, uh, and it's, and it's, and it's important to do it right. And it's important to do it, uh, fast. <laughs> You're running out of time. Uh, we've, uh, delayed climate action as a, a country and as a, a world for far too long. Y'all at the Divest Oregon campaign have an amazing group of uh, a, of a coalition, amazing coalition group of organizations. Um, yeah, how can you know say someone who's listening is a part of something like uh, an organization that wants to join the this campaign? How do they get uh, connected to this? And after that, how do individuals support this work? 
thanks. It's, uh, we, we've had a, a lot of organizations sign on. I think we're up in over 40 now, uh, which, is, which is really exciting for us. And we're looking at a number of others signing on in the near term. And so we see this as really, a, again, it's a, it's a broad coalition, uh, very different groups. And that's, I, lo- I love that aspect about this campaign. We'd love we, both organizations and individuals to check out our website. It's divestoregon.org, uh, and on there you can you can read more about this about the subject that we put together. What I think is a a fairly compelling question and answer section. It gets at some of the more specific questions, for example, around PERS. Uh, you know what what this means for for your wallet and for for Oregonians' future that I think are really important to consider. So I think starting that from that point, if going to the website, you know, educating yourself about about these issues and 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 you know, reaching out for more information, would be the first step. And then the second is there's an op- there's opportunities on there to take action, whether that's signing up uh, an organization you, you represent or or work for, uh, or or you know, contacting the treasurer. There's a there's a there's a way to do that as well, and and you know, let your voice uh, let your voice be heard and and uh, you know influence the, the the future of Oregon's climate action. Uh, right now uh, and we we would you know any anything in between is is always welcome <laughs> yeah right yeah it's a collective effort so that's uh divestoregon.org looks like some of your calls to action uh no new investments in fossil fuels disclose Oregon's treasury fossil fuel holdings soon by november and uh what's your call by 2026 our our ask is just to to phase out all current investments by 2026. I feel like this is a reasonable timeline uh, and you know the sooner the better, but we feel like this is a reasonable timeline and, and a reasonable ask. And you're right. I mean the you know our call by November is it's soon. We think this is something the Treasury can do now and, and it really needs to show, you know, we we go back to see we've got to follow the money. Where's the money going? Uh, and how can we do this more effectively? Uh, so we really do need the treasury to disclose its its holdings, and, and that should be a, a very, I think, a very low hanging fruit for the for the treasury to fall through on. Has the treasury or uh, treasurer Reed run on climate? Um, is that part of their mission? Is uh, addressing climate change? Is that something that they've been outwardly uh, supportive of? I think, I, t- t- in my opinion, yes, they've been. You know, he's, Treasurer Reed has said. I think specifically the, the importance of being bold on climate. And so I think that this is, this, this campaign seems very much aligned with uh, where he sees the, where he sees the treasury going. And I, and I think uh, we're, we're most, I think a, a lot of elected representatives in the state see our uh, other elected representatives, see our, see our state going. Uh, I think that that's a, that's a really important uh, aspect to this. The, the challenge of course, is it's about finding the political will to do this. Um, I, I don't think this is. I, I don't think this is tough to do. I think we can do this uh, as a state, but it's about finding the that that getting down there and and making more than just statements, you know, on social media. It's actually getting down to it and seeing how we can make a difference. And finding that will is is is, is what's what's critical. And I and I hope that this campaign can 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 capitalize on uh, on agreement and momentum that's that's already there. Yeah, it's a very uh, concrete step in a what's often can seem like a overwhelming uh, issue: climate change and fossil fuels. They're so entrenched in our daily lives, in our uh, economic, political systems. It's such a big piece, and I feel I can 
part of what was interesting to me about the divest movement is that it's a very clear ask, a very clear step in the right direction. And we're able to talk about all these uh, um, other issues, you know, we haven't even gone into, you know, climate refugees impacting Oregon, uh, the impacts of climate change on our forests, waterways, all this stuff that is directly connected to this campaign. But uh, yeah, the divest, divestment is something that can be done now. And it's and it's a very clear ask. I think it's it's a great, great opportunity. Um, I like to ask and the the uh, interviews with uh, just asking all of our guests, you know, what is your vision for uh, a better world, a, a world where we address climate change and uh, what, and you know, how does, how does that vision motivate your current efforts? That's a, that's a great question. I, I, I would like to see, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Oregon. I spent a lot, I've spent a lot of time in, in, in very rural parts of the state, camping, hiking, and, I guess my vision is that I want to I want to do my best to preserve that, and I think that one thing that's motivated me more than anything has been my son, and I want to share that with him. And I worry that if we don't address this now, you know, his 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 reality, his lived experience is going to be very different than mine, and it might already be. But I think doing all I can to preserve what I experienced is is crucial and kind of one of my huge motivations for doing this work. Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Coast Range Radio. Folks, visit divestorgan.org. Get involved. This is a, a great opportunity to uh, push this state, this state into uh, stronger climate action. Thank you so much. A pleasure to be on. Take care. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, that was Coast Range Radio, a radio show and podcast that holds conversations with inspiring individuals who are dedicated to creating a better world. You can uh, find Coast Range Radio on uh, all podcasting services and you can uh, check us out online and subscribe to the newest episode every two weeks. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.